0: I uh, just preached my sermon, but to reiterate. <laughs> we have been given the kingdom of God. Do not fear, little children. God delights to give you the kingdom. He delights to give you the kingdom. He wants you to have the kingdom. He paid a price to have you the kingdom. If not withholding back his own son, but living him up for us, how much more will he not freely give us? all things all things our Christianity doesn't come from our experience our Christianity does not come from our uh, preference, it comes from Scripture and where your Christianity doesn't meet Scripture something has to change <laughs> Scripture's not changing no one dot no one tittle it was there before, the, before you came around <laughs> we need to change to get our Christianity from Scripture what God has done for us is beyond almost comprehension. It must come from the Spirit. When you accepted Christ, I've already left my sermon completely. It doesn't matter. When you accepted Christ, that's exactly what happened. You didn't become a Christian. Christ came and lived inside you. You don't have righteousness Christ is your righteousness. Amen. You are righteous forever. You can't lose your righteousness. Adam could. God gave him, made him in his own image, so he had his own righteousness. He gave the way. Second Adam, which is the spiritual line, now lives inside you. If any man be in Christ, he is one spirit with the Lord. You don't have your own spirit, I have Christ's spirit and God's spirit. I have one spirit. That spirit is is jesus christ is my spirit is his spirit is my spirit it's one spirit and that spirit jesus christ himself is my righteousness i am righteous forever and nothing can take that away from me the plumb line of my life is jesus christ if relates to him relates to me if it doesn't relate to him it doesn't relate to me and that's how i must treat myself be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will know the good and perfect will of god the good and perfect will of god is this that as he is so are you now on this earth the good and perfect will of god is that you will walk in the fullness of the stature of christ being exactly like him the will of god is if you claim to know god you will walk as he did Romans 6 says don't you know that when you're baptized into Christ you're baptized into his death and by the same power that raised Christ from the dead you're also risen to life and John 4 says as he is so are we now on this earth now John saw Jesus in heaven he saw him in heaven and he's saying as he is not as he was as he is raised seated far in his eyes glorified all authority all power finished work nothing left to do raised and seated rest nothing left to do as he is so are you now on this earth so the amazing miraculous secret of christianity is that when you accepted christ you died with him and you rose as him The amazing, mystical secret of Christianity is that you died with him and you rose as him. If you are here, Christ has come in the flesh. Could any man be in Christ, he is one spirit with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a spirit being having an earthly experience. You are a spirit being you have a soul, you live in the body, you are a spirit being and your spirit is perfect because it's Christ's spirit. It is not poor, it is rich, it is not sick, it is healthy, it is not lonely, it has lots and lots of friends. And that is who you are. You are one spirit with Christ. He gave you his very self. You have already died and gone to heaven. Because you, Christ is raised and seated in heavenly places. And where are you? In Christ. So you are right now raised and seated in heavenly places, far above every power and principality, above Satan, above anything of this earth. Oh, Chris, welcome to our country town, wherever I'm preaching. Oh, the Freemasonry! Oh. oh, the witchcraft! Oh, what we did to the Native Americans and all their all their witchcraft and all their like, far above every power and principality. Amen. The only power and principality that affects Adelaide, that affects its religion, that affects its police, that affects its culture, that affects its arts, that affects its education, that affects its media, is Jesus Christ. That is the ruling and reigning spirit over Adelaide. Amen. We're preaching in tag team here, in tandem. Have an interpretation. It's, whoa! <laughs> For those who are spiritual, you would discern. <laughs> Christ is king and has defeated every enemy. When you came to Christ, when you died with him and rose as him, the plumb line of your life is Jesus Christ. And he is your righteousness. So now you're righteous. You can have complete boldness. There's no accusation against you. Who is he that can accuse us? If God has made us righteous. No weapon formed against you. Every mouth will be silenced. You can have complete boldness and go straight into the call, the scroll, the thing that you're predestined for before the foundation of the earth. You can go boldly into it because nothing has disqualified you because Christ has qualified you nothing you do can disqualify you because nothing you do can disqualify you because nothing you do qualified you nothing you ever did qualified you except you believed once when you believed you became a new creation and from there Christ lives inside you and you are qualified for the rest of your life to achieve the things prepared for you before the foundation of the earth you can go on boldly We can approach boldly the throne room of God in a time of grace because our conscience has been sprinkled clean. There is no sin, no record against us. This is the new covenant that I will remember your sins no more. He remembers your sins no more. Abraham, take your son, your only son, the son you love, and go sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. Your only son? He had another son. Ishmael. God was there. They've talked about it. God does not see anything of the flesh. It doesn't exist. Anything you've ever done the flesh doesn't exist. You only have the record, the DNA, the light of Jesus Christ, and that's all God sees. When you rock up, you and Christ are one, and that's all He sees. If our consciences do not condemn us, God will hear us and give us anything we ask. the gospel is the power to salvation saved delivered healed sozo saved spirit delivered soul healed body completely on this earth not in heaven on this earth right now all creation groans to the revelation of the, the manifestation of the sons not just sons The sons everywhere, lots of Christians everywhere Manifested, revealed sons So it can escape the decay Along with the sons of God Sons of God don't decay It wants to join us in not decaying This is the gospel You are a new creation What you are never existed before You will enter the whole new world you are now a spirit being. First Adam, flesh being. Curse, everything that's flesh under him suffers his same curse. You die, you leave that, you're risen again under second Adam, who's a spirit being, and everything which is his is yours. He delights to give you the kingdom. You were born of God. You don't have generational curses because God didn't do anything wrong. Take those books and put them with your NIV <laughs> it had to happen you don't have any generational curses you don't have any you can go through those things and engage them and undo them and stuff like that or you can believe you're Christ because only one that, that pertains to Christ pertains to you has Christ had too many divorces and not go forward no he hasn't Has Christ stepped around too much to get a good spouse? No, he hasn't. Has Christ lost his children because he brought them up under a false religion and now they hate God? No, he hasn't. Has Christ made crazy decisions with his finances, got himself a lot of credit card debt? No, he hasn't. Then neither have you. You cannot regard any of your fleshy behavior because it doesn't exist in heaven. God's not looking at you through a Christ lens. You are Christ. The Christ lens of the Old Testament, He's "Wipe with blood. That's gone. He sees Christ because you and Christ are one being and you can do and are qualified for everything God prepared for you before the foundation of the earth. It's already yours. He has given us everything everything we need for life and godliness that we may partake in the divine nature. What does it mean to partake in the divine nature? To be like God to do what he's did, the divine nature, to be love and be a speaking spirit and speak things into being that's what we do like Christ did when you read the, new to, uh, the Gospels Religion teaches you and talks to you and says, Ah, oh, are you like Peter? Are you like Thomas the Doubted? Are you the one that pushed through the crowd? Are you oh, the Pharisees? Are you Mary? Are you Martha? You are none of those people. The only person you can relate to in the Gospels is Jesus. I want to stand up here. The only person you can relate to in the Gospels is Jesus Christ. The only person you can relate to in the Gospels is Jesus Christ. Every other person in the gospel is an unsaved person. That's not you. Every other person in the gospel is a first Adamite. That's not you. The only person born from above in the gospels is Jesus Christ. And that's what you are. And that's your plumb line. And he went around healing everyone who came to him and casting out demons with a word. There's your plumb line. The gap between where you are and there is a vain imagination. It's something we made up. It's an argument or a pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. It's a vain imagination. We made it up. God's given gifts on this earth that we may reach the fullness of the stature of Christ to be conformed into his image to be exactly like him who was the exact image of the father that's Christianity everything else is religion and it's robbery everything less is religion and it's robbery and it's a lie Your soul gathers information by looking around reading papers taking in info and in the data and looking at history and tries to project the future. Your spirit hears from the eternal loving father. So you've got a choice either to go by your soul which has made conclusions from a fallen sinful destructive lacking world and project the future or you listen the spirit and the spirit can create anything the world's got lack and re- lack of resources we can go with a spirit that can create anything because the visible is made up of the invisible and we know by faith that God framed the universe by his words and now we speak a thing and it will be established and the Lord will shine upon it You've made sons of his own nature the divine nature we partake in it by his promises so I want to tell you a bible story no i'll read you Romans 10 6 to 10 but the righteousness based on faith so the right living righteousness is right living so the right life the, the life that god calls right based on faith says Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is, bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved, delivered, and healed for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved, healed and delivered. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. The Bible clearly says that Jesus died for all men. Here is the the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the, the world. So when Jesus died whose sins got forgiven? everyone 's sins got forgiven <laughs> if one man died, then all have died jesus there 's not one person on the earth whose sins haven 't been paid for there 's not one person on earth whose sins have not been atoned for or forgiven and this has caused this is becoming popular again every two hundred years it comes around, and people want to take it to something else and sell some books harsh fair but the only way to access it is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth in the heavens in the heaven in the third realm the glory realm God's abode is the forgiveness and the kingdom and the life and the presence and the spirit of God we're cut off But if you believe in your heart that that God raised Christ from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you get to access that. And Christ himself comes, lives inside you by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. When you believe in your heart, you are justified. I'll read it from here. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved for the heart one believes and is justified with the mouth one confesses and is saved this is the exact same process that you get anything from the kingdom everything which is in the kingdom which is yours healing financial breakthrough saved children returned children business ministry encounters you believe in your heart you have it, you confess with your mouth, it materializes. This is how you get anything out of the kingdom. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Adrian Bill preached on this on the 1st of April, 2012. (laughs) But not quite as well as I am at the moment. Harsh, fair. (laughs) The first of April it was, that's maybe appropriate. (laughs) It was in your back. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge, our knowing, our intimate acquaintance of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, His glory and goodness, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate, you may partake in the divine nature and escape the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. The corruption of this world poverty, relational breakdown, sickness, impotence, weak ministry. (laughs) You can escape it by his promises. How do you get a promise? Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Like Gideon. Second Corinthians one to 19-20 For the Son of God, Jesus Christ who is proclaimed among you by Silas, Timothy and I was not yes and no but in him it is always yes for no matter how many promises the promises which we partake in the divine nature which we walk like God, be like God no, for no matter how many promises God has made they are yes in Christ. Where are you? All the promises of the Bible are already yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us. We say the amen. We speak it out. Everything you need for life and godliness to be like God on this earth I, can you be greater than your teacher? No, it's enough that you become like him. Everything you need to be like God on this earth and bring his kingdom to this earth, which is heaven, nothing less than heaven on earth, has been given to you already. The child inherits the whole estate. You are a child of God. You have been given the whole estate. You are a co heir. Not a joint heir. You get a little bit, you get a little bit, a little bit. A co heir. We all get the whole estate. You have been given everything you need for life and godliness. Everything. It's already yours. And where is it? The kingdom? The kingdom is inside you. Right here. You carry it with you. We don't need a priest we don't need to go anywhere we don't need guest speakers no, seriously we don't need them we love them because they build us to the fullness of the stature of Christ But that's all they're doing if we don't think this way we think about the Old Testament we need the prophet to come he anoints us the anointing goes on the outside not the inside and it disappears tell me if this is a great Christian story or not you know where it's going A family, love God, love God, have no money. And by faith, they get around the table and they set up all their plates around the table and they all sit there around the table and they get the sauce out and a few things out and salt and pepper and then they pray and they say, Lord, send us some food. Ding dong. door. Someone goes, I was inspired by God to bring you some food. And they get some food. That is not a good Christian story. You want to be those people? You want to be the people who bring the food. That's a good Christian story. I'm living in overflow. I get inspired by God to bring some food. Because that is the kingdom. What's the kingdom? Here, throw your net over the other side. You've got so many fish you can't handle. There's enough for you and enough left over. Here, bring me some fish. I break them up. I send them to God. They come back. There's enough for you. There's enough left over. Second Corinthians 9. He who sows little will reap a little. Still get stuff. He who sows a lot will get a lot. Don't give under compulsion. Everyone should give under their own desire. And God will supply all your needs. So you will have all your need and enough to give away to other people. That's the kingdom. Tell me if this is a good story. I, a person, someone, very sick, sick for 20 years, Guest speaker comes to Adelaide, heals me. Bang, I'm healed. Is that a good story? That's not a good story. That's the Old Testament. The good story is I am the healer who I lay my hands on, they get healed. I'm healed because the same spirit rose Christ from the dead, dwells in my mortal body, and quickens it and brings it to life and brings me to health. And I go around laying hands on the sick. That's the good story. Is this a good story? Ten years ago, we all got together in a house and the Holy Spirit fell and then there was revival and then for twenty weeks in a row there was glory and shaking and angels appeared. Wow, that were good days. Is that a good story? That's not a good story. That's a terrible story. We build an altar to these stories. Here's a story. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The whole fullness of the Godhead dwells in you bodily. You have the Father and the Son made their home with you. The Holy Spirit dwells within you and can never leave you. Let's never sing, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Again, because if you're an Old Testament king, that's a good prayer. But if you are a New Testament person, a new covenant person, you are one spirit. The Holy Spirit can never leave you. You are walking revival. You are heaven on earth. You are the portal. God has made his home with you. His home. He lives there. Not a house. His home is where he lives, where he wants to be. And heaven's God's home, so you are heaven on earth. You are the walking revival. Paul didn't go into Ephesus and go, all right, let's do some spiritual mapping. Right, let's do it. i go through the history. Right, oh, Ephesus. Oh, there's some oh, baby slaughtering and, and uh, sacrifices and oh, lots of sex everywhere. Oh, let's go to pray and fast for this one. He walked in and ripped it up. Because he is the kingdom. He walked in. He is the kingdom of God on earth. He is the ark of the covenant. He is Jesus Christ. He and him are one. He's given him all authority. And the only difference between me and Paul is that Paul believed it. The only difference between me and Jesus Christ is that Jesus believed it. He has given me everything. 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 I need for life and godliness to live like God. The fullness of the stature of Christ, meaning that we are all walking as He did. John says, "Must walk as He did. Must." Getting a bit tense there, Adam. You all right? You okay there, mate? Look bit. you sweating. You all right? Sorry, dude. Old Testament, everything's written there to teach us. There's all types. It happens in the physical, we do it in the spiritual. Israelites enslaved under Pharaoh, so, which is the devil, okay? So, enslaved. And what happens is a savior rocks up, Moses. He does all the work for us. And then we just follow Mo, or Israelites follow Moses, and they get into a corner, and they're backed up, and they say, Moses, you brought us out here to kill us. Because we're under a promise, God blesses them. And Moses whacks a stick. They don't do anything. They just watch. Just watching. Parts walk through on dry ground. Closes up. Kills every single enemy from their previous life. There's more books to throw out. They get into the desert. And the water tastes Salty. You brought us out here to die. You and God are useless. God blesses them because it works on a promise. Just blesses them. No, it was good. Go out further. We're hungry. You brought us out here to die. God blesses them because it's a promise. Go a bit further. Oh, the people are going to kill us. You brought us out here to die. And God blesses them. Then they get to uh, the mount. Which one? Which mountain is the Law Mountain? Sinai. Sinai, not Zion. Sinai okay, Mount Sinai, thanks guys, get to Mount Sinai, they get the law, external law, we can do it, 3,000 die, and then they get to Canaan, it's a very quick version, they get to Canaan, okay, the promised land, God didn't bring them out to go in the desert, he brought them out to go into the promised land the kingdom Where there's houses they did not fill Vineyards they didn't plant cattle they didn't raise Wells they didn't dig For them and their children That's where they're supposed to go And they get there And they go out and they spy the land And they come back And they say they're too big We can't do it Why? Because there's giants in their land And they're walled cities And God said that's evil And they stayed in the desert for another 40 years What did those 10 or the 12 spies say? The facts. There are giants in that land. There are wilderness in the land. They are skilled. These are the facts. The facts are an evil report. Only what the Spirit says. The facts come from your brain, which looks at past history, which is based on lack, failure, sin, fatigue, curse, and tries to project a happy future. It's not going to work. The Spirit says, we can surely take that land. Joshua and Caleb back and says, God has already handed us this land. He has removed their protection. That's true. God had removed their protection. Their sin was full. Removed their protection. They would already been judged. They were already melting in fear, scared of the Israelites coming across. They didn't believe in their heart, so they confessed with their mouth, and God says, you'll get the confession of your mouth. And round they went, 40 years in the desert. It's nine days walk from the Red Sea to the Jordan. It's going to take longer, but... Spiritually, now, because everything's spiritual now, this is how we get saved. A saviour comes and does it all for us. We believe him and we follow him through the Red Sea, which is baptism. Yeah? And then... All our previous enemies are destroyed. Every generational curse is destroyed. The devil is destroyed. We don't, we, the devil can't touch us anymore. It says, if you're in Christ, you, you do not go on sinning, and Jesus himself protects you, and the devil touches you not. Throughout the books. The devil touches you not. That's what the Bible says. If you're a Christian, the devil does not touch you, because he cannot touch Christ, and you and Christ are one can the devil do this to me can the devil do this to Jesus no he can't he can't do it to me throughout the books and they go so spiritually now so we're saved okay and now we're a Christian we're a new creation we're born again from above okay we are heavenly beings and we don't go to Mount Sinai we go to Mount Zion but you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose name is written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, the spirits of righteous men made perfect. You are perfect. Nothing more can happen to your spirit, and you are a spirit. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the sprinkled blood that speaks better than the word of Abel. We've come to a, a place of angels, and angels, and angels, and glory, and glory, and the judge is there, and we're being sprinkled clean. We have boldness to go before him. That's what we came to, and the law gets written in our hearts. And the Spirit comes and lives inside us. And we don't know the law because no one here can quote the Ten Commandments. Not one of you. Who can quote the the Ten Commandments? And I'm going to bring the microphone to you. The devil. devil. He can quote the Ten Commandments. (laughs) They're in your heart. You don't have to know them because if you love... You fulfill all the law and all the prophets and love is inside you. God is love and he lives inside you and that's your nature. You are love, you are light, you are spirit you are everything he is, you're nothing that he's not. So, he lives inside you and then we get to the Jordan. and As Adrian Bill preaches, excellently <laughs> succinctly Jordan means death. We have to consider ourselves dead and alive to Christ if you want to take the kingdom. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live, I live by the faith of God. When the Israelites finally got it right, after 40 years in the desert, they got the Ark of the Covenant, with the presence of God, which is inside you. And they went to the, the Jordan, and and this time, the first time when they got saved, the gift from God, bang, river parts, shoo, and through they go. This time, they had to do it. They had to walk into the river, and they had to step in the river before it happened. And the Jordan went stopped. It went all the way back to a town called Adam. When you consider yourself dead, every line, every curse, every family thing of you, every experience is destroyed right back into Adam. and then you cross the Jordan you make a pillar of stone saying that has happened I'm a new creation I'm never going back to the desert ever, ever, ever again and I take these walled cities and these giants by praise and believing and why is it praise and believing? Wasn't it not harder than that? because the gospel is for every culture every person at any time on earth and anyone at any age at any culture can praise and believe Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Go to Jericho, they say you'll never get in here. Now, what is our promised land? Our promised land is the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? Heaven on earth. You need to go and take those giants. And where are the giants? The giants aren't people out there, they aren't the seven mountains, they aren't these things. The giants are things you believe. And there's a demon enforcing it, it doesn't matter. He's been defeated. If you change what you believe, the demon has to go. Because you've been given all authority. So how much authority does the devil have? None. Unless you give it to him, you take it back, he's got to go. You repent, you change your mind, he's got to go. Everything you need is in the kingdom. He has given you everything you need for life and godliness is in the kingdom. You access it by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. And the way you do that is by going through Jordan, seeing yourself dead and alive to Christ as Christ. I am Christ. Me and Christ are one in that sense. And that's how you do it. The giants are wrong thinking. And that is all they are. Wrong believing. And that is all they are. Because as a man sees himself in his heart, thus is he so I know lots of scriptures and I know lots of things but what's the picture I have in my heart is this my current life is the picture I have in my heart no matter how many scriptures I know what is the image you have in your, in your head it's your current life and the difference between that and Jesus is a vain imagination is wrong thinking we have powerful weapons to tear down these strongholds now, there's many ways to change the way you think many many ways to change the way you think but it's the Word of God that brings it. It can be a vision, it can be a Reema, it can be a dream, it can certainly be Scripture, definitely Scripture, as hollowed by the Holy Spirit becoming the reamer Word of God. And that never fails, because God watches over His Word to perform it. If you believe Scripture in your heart, and you confess it with your mouth, it will manifest, because the visible is made up of the invisible Speak a thing that will be established. And that is how you go across and you must do this. Check this out. Giants, the word for giant in scripture is Raphaim. Rafaim Raphaim. The word for healing in Scripture is Rafa. Jehovah Rafa. Rafa healing is the children's bread. In Numbers fourteen. Joshua says, we can take those giants for they are our bread. When you take the giants, that is your healing. And the giants are purely wrong thinking. When you believe and change what you believe, everything manifests around that. Everything manifests around that. Now I want to smash something here. We haven't really torn into anything yet already. I have it all. Yes, you have it all. This is what this is the misunderstanding of the grace gospel. Not how it's preached, but how it's been lived around the life, around the world. Okay. I get healed, saved, delivered, like pardon the river, pardon the sea. I go out, I'm in the desert, I'm under the blessing of Abraham, and God's gonna treat me well no matter what I do. That's correct. And you're in the desert. I'm in the desert. It's by grace I'm in the desert. Next year. By grace I'm in the desert. Next year. By grace I'm in the desert. And God sends me stuff. Sends me manna. Sends me quail. Sends me food when I pray. And some ding dong at the table. Sends me a guest speaker once every 10 years. That's the desert. And God God's given me everything. Yes, God has given me everything. So I crossed the river. Oh, that's works. No, 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 no. Everything you need for life and godliness is right behind you. No, turning around is works. Everything you need for life and godliness, that you have to wait 20 years, that you can be the wealthy person giving the food, that you can carry a Bible, is right behind you. You have to do is turn around. No, Jesus turned around for me. It's out there. Anything in an orphan's hand is a weapon. The grace gospel in an orphan's hand is a weapon. You're hurting yourself. Don't tell me what to do. It's by grace. Paul says, do not use your freedom from opportunity to the flesh. Grace is the freedom from sin. Anywhere where you have sin is where grace hasn't come. You're still under law. So don't say, this is my life and I'm under grace. Grace is the freedom from there. Where you're sinning is where grace hasn't got there yet. Because the law stirs up sin and grace is the freedom from sin. God wants you to become full, mature sons. We're going to do some testimonies about this process now and you're going to see that process in many people's lives. Saved, but in the desert, going into Jordan, across the Jordan into Canaan. And I asked Todd first because no one has messed up their life as much as Todd. (laughs) and even though he's not wearing shoes i ask that you receive what he's about to say it is true
1: a lot of you guys here have heard parts of my testimony but i I walked away from the lord for, for two and a half three years i would not have uttered a prayer that whole time uh, anytime I got a, a sense of any sort of conviction, I would cast it down like a vain imagination. And I got to the point where I, I, I repented. I had a, a dramatic encounter and I repented. <clears throat> My life was completely train, uh, a complete train wreck. I was in absolute over-the-top depression uh, to the point where when I would have a day off when I wasn't working, I found it hard to get out of bed. Found it hard to talk to anybody. Found it hard to pay the bills. Found it hard to meet out any responsibility. Any responsibility was a huge weight on my shoulders. I would go to the video shop and I'd pile up a big, get a big. I remember watching Godfather 1, 2, and 3 all in one afternoon. That was very edifying, yeah. And completely depressed. I was tens of thousands of dollars in debt. I had no qualifications. I had no prospects. I owed a lot of money. It felt like the world was on my shoulders. And uh, I repented. And what happened is a second. Uh, I know now that it says that when you receive Christ, you receive the fullness of God. You actually do. But at the, at that time, I still felt the oppression. <clears throat> I remember waking up at four in the morning and feeling death on me. Four in the morning every day. I'd pray in tongues for hours for it just to get some breathing space every day for months. I'd pray in tongues and I I had no grid. So I started I started crying out to the Lord. I mean, God, help, you know, da-da-da. And I was, I, we're talking, I don't know if, I, 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 I don't know if I could have gone any deeper. If you, you start scraping the bottom of the barrel to the point where you start getting splinters, that's where I was at. And then I had a vivid, <clears throat> a vivid dream. <clears throat> I, I know that I know that I know. Even back then, I was relatively spiritually dull. I dreamt that... Uh, I was in like, um, if you can imagine, where they've put an old, huge rainwater tank half in the ground, and they rip it out, and you still got the corrugation in the soil. You know what I'm saying? But it was only about about six foot tall, and I was. This dream was so vivid. I was in the corrugated, uh, in in this in this pit, <clears throat> and there were demons all around me. I, I remember seeing them. I mean, we're talking hideous creatures. And I remember lifting up my voice and going, God, get me out of here. And I heard the audible voice in the dream. And he says, I have. I looked around. The demons were still there. I was still in the pit. And I'm thinking, okay, God missed it. (laughs) I cried out to God again. God, get me out of here. Deliver me. And I heard his voice. He says, I have. And I did it a third time. And then nothing changed. I woke up and it freaked me out i went god you don't love me you don't love me i cried out to you you don't love me and i had to walk through barbed wire and broken glass and i found out that my life was deeply deeply steeped into my dna of unbelief because i was begging and crying out for god to do something he had already done you hear what i'm saying I was begging him, I, I remember seriously, got to the point <clears throat> i 've shared this other places, and <laughs> I, I, I would like cry and go you don 't love me you don 't love me, and the Lord was doing everything he could to bring me into faith, and I started to realize see this is what I <clears throat> excuse me realized early when I received Christ, I become an an, an heir. I receive an inheritance when? The moment I confess him as Lord and believe that God's raised him from the dead. The moment I confess and believe, I become an heir. And what happens when you get an inheritance, it's left to you. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. For anyone who's received an inheritance for a relative that's died, it's been given. You can't earn it. So I realize I couldn't earn it and so i realized that unbelief would stop me from entering it so i pursued what god had given me by faith do you know what i started reading my bible around the clock like my life depended on it i started confessing the word i started i started thanking god for something i hadn't seen i was no longer begging god No longer begging God, because that's the natural. Nothing, in that dream, nothing changed. I was in unbelief. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we better find out about faith. So what happened? I didn't have a problem. I'll tell you honestly what I did. I read the Word. I would spend four to eight hours a day every day in the Word. Not works. I, I wanted to access what was already given to me. I was accessing what belonged to me. This is where we can get confused. Even if we become a chronic confessor, we can't earn it. When we confess anything or we read scripture or meditate, it's for our benefit. We're not moving God. You hear what I'm saying? We don't get hung up on the methodology. It's whatever it takes to get that faith in our gut. Can I get an amen? And so people get a bit like this. You know what I did? mark 11 23 my whole life changed on that one scripture if you uh, have have faith in god have the god kind of faith have the have the faith of god whatever however you want to say it jesus says if you command this mountain to be uprooted if you speak and command this mountain to be uprooted and cast in the sea and you do not doubt in your heart those things you say will come to pass you will have what you say therefore with this in mind i say to you whatever you th- ask for when you pray believe you have received them and you will have them it changed my life do you know what i started praising god and thanking god and believing god like you know what my situation got worse so i had to choose am i going to believe god and his reports or am i going to just be a victim of circumstance That's that's the decision i had to make now we're not We're not preaching universalism. We're not preaching that we are God. It it actually does say in scripture, he who is joined to Christ is one spirit with him. Can I get an amen? If you're joined to Christ, which we are, we are one spirit with him. And as he is, so are we in this world. So what happened? I confessed around the clock that I had received what I had believed for. And I acted like... I I acted like... I had it, by praising God. And this is what's amazing what happened. I did it out of raw obedience, raw desire, raw hunger. Then one day, something changed in my spirit. I got it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know what the substance is? That's God. That's God. See, my faith is not just cranking it out, like just trying. It's just it, well, Something Chris said. As, I mean we 've been having a, a stake shoved down our throat because he 's speaking the answer and, and we don 't have time to qualify everything, but what happens is that God has given us everything they belong it, it belongs to us read scripture uh, romans i think eight thirty two if he who did not spare his only son now I mean, come on, this is offensive, especially the person who struggled. It's offensive. People find, oh, condemnate. No, it's not. It's just the good news. Roman 8.32. If he who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not freely through Jesus give us all things? Can I get an amen? This is the word of God. And so when we confess, when we praise, when we decree, when we completely throw ourselves into it, we're not earning it. We're not working for it. It's actually, we're doing whatever it takes to convince ourselves that God has already given it to us. Can I get an amen? So don't be misled. It's all by grace. We cannot earn it. The only thing stopping us is unbelief. Whatever it takes. If God's called you into fasting, do it. If he's called you into praying in tongues eight hours a day, do it. If he's called you to meditate in the Word, six it, do it, but you can't earn it. It's whatever it takes. We're all in different places. We're not going to get hung up on the methodology. Jesus says to him or her who believes, all things are possible. It's all about believing. It's all about believing. It's all about believing. If you look to the answer, that is Jesus as your plumb line, your role model, your standard bearer, the captain and the apostle of our confession, our faith, we, get what we, man- we manifest what we believe. So it's I, in our face today, but it ha- we, we need this. Can I get an amen? We need it. Because what happens, we don't have much time. And God says, guys, this is how I operate, believe me. This is how God operates, just believe me. It's oh, we, not going to get caught up in semantics, confession, praying. No, 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 whatever it takes. Are you guys prepared to do whatever it takes? If he says to some of you fast, do it. If he says to some of you, you, don't have, you can't earn it. to some of you pray in tongues around, the, that's the strategy the Holy Ghost fuel off because there's things the Lord can see that we can't do it. But it can't earn it because everything's already been given to us. Everything. Because we are sons and we have an inheritance.
0: Uh, and what happened? Oh, sorry. Um, for that, thank you for that sermon. But um, what happened? You know me, get a microphone. I'm incorrigible my life completely
1: changed my business my finances went completely through the roof i never took one antidepressant i got completely free of that i was completely crippled my life turned around so drastically because god just stepped into my life in a manifest way completely to this day surfing that breakthrough complete turn around and all these things are available to us we just access it by faith my finance, my health, my destiny, my gift, my calling, my anointing, everything was accessed by faith. But it doesn't change the fact whether God already gave, he already gave it to me. So we need to believe. Completely changed my situation.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Todd. So it's only, only believe. Todd didn't actually skill up. He didn't change, his, his, he didn't skill, didn't change anything except what he believed and everything manifested, even the exact coffee machine he wanted, even the exact um, running tre- treadmill he wanted. Everything just manifested. It came to him. He didn't, do he didn't go out and earn it. He was actually at rest. All he was was changing what's on the inside. Faye, would like to come up? All we have to do is change what you believe, and you access the kingdom. You line up what's inside you with heaven. That's it. That's it. Thanks, Chris.
2: I like, um, Todd, you've probably heard, a lot of you have probably heard um, this testimony, but um, only a, a couple of months ago, as you know, I've had uh, heart events, and um, a couple of months ago, I woke up, I'd would i been to sleep one hour, and I woke up and I had this incredible uh, pain in my chest and uh, heart racing. Um, it was such discomfort, I thought... Hey this is even worse than the the heart attack I had And my first thing was Oh gosh I think I better go to hospital And then I thought No, 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 no These are lying symptoms uh, And we had uh, spoken about that in this church before And I thought No Lord Now immediately you actually have to grab hold of everything that you know in the word that is the truth so that it it puts the lie out Uh, if not if I'd come into any sort of agreement with it I knew I'd end up in hospital so I knew I'd started off yes Lord you've healed me Uh, by your stripes I'm healed but I knew this is going to be tougher than just a few words because the, the jolly thing was not easing And so I laid there and I said Father I thank you that you sent your son And Jesus you took all my sin and sickness It's easy for me to believe sin's gone But the sickness part of it Why is it harder for us to believe that that's actually gone The same as the sin has gone So right Father that's happened And Lord this is either true or I'm wasting time You know, Lord, your word's truth You are not a man that you should lie So I know this is truth, Lord And I am already healed You took all my flesh in your body You you became flesh You assumed everything that was from me in, in the old Adam Everything that was corrupt and had death You've assumed it and taken it Now this is all happening while I'm lying in bed Heart racing, you know Feeling pretty distraught And I just thought I've I've got to see this through Stand on this And not let it go Because if not I'm wasting time Lord this is truth So Time went on Not too much easing Same distress I'm just thinking Lord You've got to undertake for me You're my strength You've done it What more can I do then I started going into a vision of the fact of being one with Him in the Trinity, because that's where He's taken us now. New creation, we're one spirit, as Chris said, with the Lord and seated with Him in heavenly places. And I just w- and He's taken us back to the Father, as if where we were originally meant to be in the Father's love. And I went to that place. And I just said, Lord, I'm staying here. And everything is over to you. I fell asleep after, that was four hours had gone by. I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I was fine.
0: So she believed in the heart and she confessed with her mouth. The same way you got saved. The same way you got saved, the same way you get anything. Is um, Gabrielle here? Yes, she is. By faith, she is here. She's bilocating. Gabrielle or Gabrielle's angel, would you like to share a testimony?
3: Okay. Um, I'm a mother of three boys and they all gave their hearts to the Lord when they were in primary school. And by the time they reached mid-secondary school, they had all gone away from the Lord and um, I got really distraught about it and I had um, a friend tell me look you know they're not your kids they're God's kids give them back to God so I did and I took them back and I gave them back and went backwards and forwards and was getting nowhere and anyway then I started going to fodder to here and um, when we we're in Dame Roma Mitchell building Rachel was doing worship and she started saying call the prodigal sons home and she kept repeating it and I started to but then the Lord I had an encounter with the Lord and he said he allowed me firstly to feel some of the love that he feels for the prodigal sons and when I'd recovered (laughs) he said to me you know, the parable in the Bible about the prodigal son. So when that son packed his bag and left home, he left his home and he left his father, but his father never disinherited him. And so that completely changed the way I was praying and I began to declare the word of God over my kids, what they were already walking in, not what I saw but what the word said. So I just started decreeing it, naming them and naming their inheritance. And two years ago to this very day, to this very Sunday, when we were in the art centre by that stage, before we'd moved to St Agnes, um, I had a girlfriend that we used to meet at church, and every Sunday night we'd go back to my place and we'd continue church and we'd have an absolute ball in the Holy Ghost and we went back to my place and we started talking about our kids and her kids weren't with the Lord and neither were mine so the more we talked about it the stronger the presence of the Lord got and I said I think we've got to pray so I started to pray and it was under the unction of the Holy Spirit it was extremely powerful we couldn't even stand and when the encounter had finished I got up off the floor and I said oh my gosh things are going to change you watch something is going to happen and within six weeks I got a phone call it's about 9.30 at night and um, it was my ex-husband and he said do you know where your son is yeah Where is he? I said, he's in Alice Springs. Yes, but where in Alice Springs? I said, I don't know. He said, do you know what he's doing, what he went there for? I went, oh, he did tell me a story, but I said, I didn't believe it. He said, well, he's in jail. I thought, my little baby's in jail. And it was very serious. So I put the phone down. I thought, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I knew that this was the turning point for him And if that's what it took for it to happen Then so be it So I spent that night actually rejoicing and singing And praising the Lord for what he'd done Because I knew that I knew that this was his time And what ensued after that was, is a testimony that belongs to my son Which I'm sure he'll share one day But he was due to face a long time in jail, and he didn't. So God is very gracious and very faithful. Oh, and of course, he came back to God. How could I forget that bit? Um, Yeah, like I said, I knew it was his turning point, and it was his turning point. And from that, all sorts of miracles happened as far as the whole legal side of it. So don't give up on your kids, that's for sure, because God certainly hasn't.
0: Wow! Oh, Amen. Thanks, Gabrielle. So we the a financial breakthrough. Can you say how many thousands of dollars you were in debt? $30,000 in debt on on the credit card? Okay. $30,000 on the credit card. Change of his heart. Broken. Not fair. Jesus did it. Didn't earn it. Give it to him. Sickness. Change what you believe. Had to get a vision in her head which was larger than... Then the giant's coming against her, presenting as big, trying to make her feel like a grasshopper. Changed her picture, bang, manifested. From the Word of God, use the Word of God. Uh, Gabrielle, another Bible story, went into an encounter, went into a vision, started dancing around like he had it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, I heard the story this week. I don't know when it happened, but I heard the story this week. A lady, uh, she had a seven kilo uh, tumor in her body. It wasn't cancerous, but it was growing, growing, growing. It pushed her spine out and that out and obviously couldn't eat and do all these things like that. And There's nothing they could do about it. And she said, well, I have to go by the invisible. And she read scriptures on healing for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Just read them, read them, read them to the picture of herself changed change in her head that she's a healthy person. After 30 days, she woke up and she was seven kilos lighter it disappeared it doesn't follow any natural law it gets the invisible hitting the visible another story I heard this week uh, it happened in the last few years because the tapes only a, certain, only a few years old okay a guy built his dream house in America cost 270 grand that week I think lost his job Has a mortgage dream house he goes right God will provide for all my needs according to his riches and glory or he provide for in Christ when do you when do you get it when you prayed when you believed so he got it then, okay. Four years later, he still believes that verse. Over those four years, the bank did not ask him for one payment. After four years, his old company rang him up and said, "We want to give you your job back. Here's four years back pay." So he was paid the whole time. Could he see it? No. But when did he get it? when he prayed four years ago so he did get it and he had four years back pay he didn't want that house anymore he went and bought himself a nicer house with cash <laughs> when did he get his house? four years beforehand we had to have a picture larger than the circumstances you don't need any um, any history in it Abraham had no history in children when he could be a father of all nations and it was physically impossible he had to get a picture the stars bigger than the picture that the natural was trying to present to him curry blake lost his first daughter in a horrendous way an awful awful way to lose a child when the coffin went down he made a promise that he is going to be the guy he needed to start studying faith faith healing 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 going through all the nonsense teachings and stuff like that and one day he's having a rest He's gone on holidays, he's sitting down, he's got the double glass windows there, and he's... Fwoop, fwoop, and he knows what's happened. His daughter's fallen from a uh, high window. He goes out. Now, he was a, a paratrooper paramedic, so he knows what death is. He turns his daughter over, and her face is smashed, her arms are broken, she's not breathing, and the blood has turned dark, which means an no oxygen. Her daughter's dead. He's lost a second daughter. He picks her up, he takes her inside the house, and he yells, you will live and not die. You will live and not die. And it's all the yell, He yelled it for 40 minutes. Now you can say you live and not die in two seconds. So that's 30 times a minute. He had to yell and yell because his emotions. The devil was, he said in one second, he saw that the, the funeral ceremony, the whole thing. He knew it was supernatural because he couldn't... He saw everything. Had to yell, yell. He's holding his dead daughter back and forth, back and forth, yelling, you will live or not die. 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 Which is a psalm. You will live or not die. You will live or not die. After 20 minutes, he put her in the corner and is yelling at her, you will live or not die. You will live or not die. His wife came in and screamed. He had said get out you'll live and not die you'll live and not die unless you believe get out you'll live and not die you'll live and not die he says four after 40 minutes she went he saw her spirit come from way back to her eyes i'm hungry he had not cured cancer he had not a broken bone he had no pedigree in raising from the dead it's his own daughter his soul his emotions and the devil and reality is screaming at him he had to get a larger picture it doesn't matter if you meditate at home. It doesn't matter if you get a picture in heaven. It doesn't matter if you go to heaven and you see the, the, the storeroom in heaven of new arms and come and get one. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to get a larger picture in your head because as a man sees himself, thus is he. Be renewed by transforming your mind. Ah, open the eyes of my heart, my dianoia, my imagination. You need to have a, clear, a bigger image in your head of anything that's in the natural. I end with this. I didn't want to go into the ministry. My testimony is this, very short version. Um, the only person that could have messed his life up greater than Todd is probably me. <laughs> okay? Okay? Um, in December 04, my life was going really well. Uh, my boss had offered me his job in the million dollar term of a business. My church had offered me full-time ministry. In, in those, that was la da We couldn't give a rat's now, but at the time, that was pretty important. Um, I, um... I had pay off all my hex debts which I was only 29 which is pretty good I had bought a luxury car which was pretty good and I was 350 grand in the clear and next year I was going to buy four houses which has set me up for life and now I'd be a millionaire retired and I'd bear the burden in my youth I'd done everything right okay there's a saying that you know sometimes um, things happen for a reason I've got a picture on my phone that says sometimes things happen for a reason and that reasons that you're an idiot you make stupid decisions. <laughs> I, okay, I gave my heart to a girl. That was an unwise decision. Nothing to do with her. She didn't ask me to do it. Okay? I gave my heart to, to a girl. Be careful. For the heart's the wellspring of life. All the issues of life flow th- through it. Okay? It was a bad decision. A bad call, Ripley. It was a bad call. Don't go there. Okay? Um... She didn't want it. I crashed. My heart went. My body went. In six months, I had lost my job. I had lost the girls I thought I was going to marry. I had lost, I lost all my income. I had to step down from ministry. I had to move home with my parents. My body was in pain, which no one could explain. I was sleeping 16 hours a day. So I'd sleep for, for 12 hours, get up for four, which I was exhausted, go back, back, back to bed for four, get up for four, go back to bed for 12. I lost everything. As I say, it sounds a lot like Job, but Job didn't curse God. So we're different. (laughs) Because I cursed God. I did. The word curse is the correct term. I was furious with God. I'd done everything right and he'd taken everything from me. So I'm furious. And then after all these doctor's appointments and stuff, I get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. If I go see a doctor and the doctor says, you've probably got six months. You have no immune system. Your body is fully poisonous. I cannot believe you drove here. You're the worst case I've ever seen. I had three doctors tell me it's the worst case I've ever, ever seen. I saw a doctor in Hong Kong for $330 for 20 minutes and he said, you're too difficult for me, I can't help you. <laughs> no, no, I didn't get the money back. No. <laughs> <laughs> Results based. Doctor. Okay. And so the doctor said, you've got six months to live. I walked out there, said, God, you've abandoned me. I know you're right and the Bible's right. Obviously, I'm wrong okay, I didn't want to read the Bible, the Bible just sat there judging me because I was sick, that's how I felt I didn't pray, I didn't tithe, I didn't read my Bible I didn't go to church anymore, and I said I'm not going to die in six months here in the white room I'm going to die overseas I bought a round rail ticket, I thought I'd live for three months go see some things, die, get to heaven and say, well, I was wrong, but here I am okay and I was angry with God, really really angry with God, furious with God because look what he had done, done to me in the, um and so i I uh, took out a full travel insurance that fly my body home. I wrote out my... It's um, true. And I, I wrote out my will so that I had to sell my house to live off the proceeds because so I wasn't living anymore. I had to pay doctor's bills and stuff like that so the house had to go too. And then I had... So and then I started traveling and in that traveling I didn't like God did this but I knew he could heal and I saw everyone. I, um, In my time for healing I saw Benny Hinn. I saw... I um, met Bill Johnson by accident. I was sitting next to him and he prayed for me I didn't know who the guy was um, I, uh, Curry Blake prayed for me twice um, uh, Rob Rufus prayed for me I was in the glory realm and people were going crazy and gold dust was going everywhere uh, Joshua Mills was there and there's oil and things and he's calling out it's just, it was crazy and I walked out sick every single time every single time reinforcing the fact that God did not like me and God had abandoned me and I was the idiot who made a stupid decision and lost everything Five years I did this for, five years it sucked, five years it hurt, but then I was just exhausted. So, January 2010, I'm so sick I cannot get on the plane anymore. My job is to live. I have to um, mince all my food and drink it because my body won't digest it. And when, it, when I eat something solid, it goes in my body and it stops and it doesn't go through. Then it rots and it rots, it goes in the blood system. From the blood system, it goes into your skin and it comes out your pores. So, what's coming out my pores? X food, okay. Waste is coming out my food. Everyone, hold up your arm like that. Let's lick your arm <laughs> and say two years ago Chris could not do that. <laughs> to survive, every two days I had to have an Epsom salt bath, but not just Epsom salt. It was just concentrate and it was like very heavy. And I had to get in. I probably lose two kilos in water every time I did it. I had to re- and and go into a clear bath. You stay there for an hour and it's hot and when you get out, it's a dark bath. Guess why? It came out your skin, okay? It was horrendous. It was a terrible way to live and I suffered every day and God did not like me. But what I did do is listen to healing because healing is all I had. Healing was the only way out and I listened to healing teaching over and over again. Now, I couldn't concentrate like this guy, and I couldn't go into heaven and all these things, so I didn't like God, and he wasn't taking me there. And so all I did was listen to Bill Johnson, Curry Blake, Bill Johnson, Curry Blake, Bill Johnson, Curry Blake, listen to it over and over again, until one day I was absolutely convinced that I was healed because my sins were forgiven, and so I'm healed. They always go together. Carry your diseases uh, and uh, all your sins. He uh, was all your sins and all your diseases for all these benefits. What's it easy to say? Forgive your sins or that you're healed? I was healed. I was completely healed. I could not. It was beyond my comprehension that I was still sick because my image in my head had changed so much just by listening to MP3s. So I didn't study because I was so exhausted. I just, I just catch ten minutes of every hour sermon. Okay, so it just dripped fit into me, and I was absolutely convinced. I went check the state with my sister on the weekend, April 5th, 2010, uh, the Easter Monday. I go to my sister's house. Okay, I'm sick. I smell I smell all the time I have a shower I get out I smell Okay, and you'll know why Okay, I'll really explain why I just smell all the time and I was sick and it wasn't a bath day so I, had, I sweated all the time so I had the sweat and sweat from the day before on me I go to my sister to rock up she just lived one block away so I thought I'd just go see her and that was, that was, my, do- that was my one thing for the day I'm going to see my sister that's the one thing for the day I go there and she has a dinner party on and they say Chris stay it's lunch stay and we're at the back I went okay your choice so I sat there. I couldn't eat anything except raw salad because nothing else probably my body would just you have to chew it to, cut, to turn into mush in your mouth, like, count 20. Chew it. Okay, this this was my life. And I'm sitting there. I have all my old friends there from back in my university days. Then my sister's friends were my friends. Okay, they've known me my whole life. And I have a pastor from a, probably Australia's largest evangelical church there. I gave more details sometime. one time. Someone, oh, you mean this guy? I went, oh. I just I can't say anymore. But anyway, so, so a pastor and 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 so friends and family. I'm sitting there and someone says, Wow, you know, you've been sick, but what's God taught you through sickness? Wrong question. Well, good question. Wrong wrong guy. I'm sitting there, I'm in pain. I can't eat. I've only got this little bowl in front of me. I smell. I look terrible. I weighed 68 kilos. I'm 88 now, so 20 kilos less than what I weigh now. Okay? I'm sitting there, and I said, God didn't give me sickness to teach me anything. I said, God doesn't give sickness. You can't give you don't have. He doesn't have sickness. He didn't give it to me. The guy goes, no, what's God teaching you through the sickness? I said, God doesn't give you sickness at all. I said, sickness is from God going to a doctor's sin. Like, he didn't give me sickness. And like, I was adamant. And they started, you know, started hitting me about all these things about sickness. And I was saying, if God gave you sickness to teach us something, the closer you got to God, the more likely you are to get cancer. God, I said, Jesus never, ever, ever said, no, nah, you've got to keep your sickness, you're not learning just yet. He never said that to someone. Yeah, he'll, 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 oh, you're still going to learn a bit of pride in your life. That. I said, if God's a good father, I said, we would never give sickness to our kids, we'd never give our kids Drano to drink to ruin their insides to teach them something. Why would God do it? You're saying you're a better father than God? And I was launching this thing and then, and then they got really offended and then all the stories come out. They go, okay, how about, there's a girl at my church and she died. What do you say about that? I say, it's not God's will. It's not what God's will she died. You know, and said, what, what about all the suffering? They say, that could be prevented. I can't make a theology out of your experience. I can't make a theology out of any experience. My theology comes from scripture. I hear that, it hurt. My theology is a scripture. And they go, what about you? I'm in pain. My pain and my sickness for five years, the fact that God never answered me, does not change the fact that he did heal me 2,000 years ago. And they start saying, well, there was a guy at my church and he died. When he died, his wife came to Christ. I said, that's fantastic. You know the better testimony is? You healed that guy, his wife sees it, and then she came to Christ. That's a better testimony. And I had this argument and I completely ruined my sister's Monday dinner with all her friends and these, and these people. I ruined it. Oh, left, I felt really silly. <laughs> the, 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 oh no, I said had salad. Two weeks later, I'm sitting in my bath. Why well, I'm having a bath, it's a medical thing. So I'm in faith, I'm not in faith. I don't like God. God doesn't like me. The Bible's not working, but I believe I believe it works. But it's not working for me because there's something inherently wrong with me. Obviously, God doesn't like me. And I'm having my bath, I'm eating my food, I'm doing all the medical stuff, I haven't thrown anything out. And I'm in the bath, and I just check into God like a mobile phone once a day. I just go, God... Anything you want. And I felt to stand up. All right, well, what can you lose? I stood up, blacked out in the bath, completely collapsed, came to, water everywhere, laptop destroyed. I go, I have to stand up, which is a really silly thing to think when you just blacked out. I stood up, and I was completely healed. I went for a run. I went for a run every day, and then ends Anzac Day was a Sunday that day So the holiday was on the following Monday And that Monday I went down to Norwood And I ate everything I was allowed to eat for the last five years And then I started a bakery binge that lasted two years <laughs> Hence I weigh 88 kilos It breaks every rule Did I heal my soul for my physical healing? No, I was angry with God I was angry after When I got healed I said God, you'd think I'd be happy, wouldn't you? This is what I said I said, I said God, it's like this In case you didn't understand there's a guy sitting next to the river. There's a guy in the river. The guy in the river is me. I'm drowning. I can't breathe. I go Ugh, down. Ugh. You watch me for five years and pull me out. What do I say? Thanks, jerk. <laughs> That's how I feel. After I get healed, I'll still angry with God. My soul didn't get healed. Faith didn't. My soul, my anger, God doesn't see because all my sin is dealt with and faith achieves its object. The angels commended for faith, not for their moral behavior, they are all naughty dudes. And then, oh, every guy in the Hebrews 11 is a naughty dude. and God commends them. He only sees faith. When you know who you are, the born again. You boldly go for God and you can get everything you need. Everything you need. The picture in you just to get bigger than any picture here. The Spirit has to be larger than the soul. Sons of God are led by the Spirit. We do not go by what we see. We go by faith. And first and last, we are by faith. What Todd's saying, what everyone's saying is just change the picture. No matter what it is, change the picture line up with the Scripture because God watches over His Word to perform it. And Psalm 103 says his angels his mighty ones love to do the building of the voice of his word you release scripture angels are released literally angels are released change the picture change the picture uh, keyboard Daryl who sometimes looks like Leslie according to Adam on Tuesday night on Sunday was it sometimes Sunday seems like Tuesday to me I love laying on hands the rest of my life I'm going to lay hands on people okay I am I'm going to destroy the works of the devil I love words of knowledge if Adam calls me out I'm there I love guest speakers when I go see Josh Mills I'm going to grab him and tackle him grip his oily socks rub him on my head and sleep with him under my pillow okay I love the anointed people I love words of knowledge I love powerful ministry but there has to come a time God did not if I was sick and um, Curry Blake healed me you come to me sick what do I say? Go see Curry Blake. Go see Bill Johnson. Go see Joshua Mills. That's what I say. If he didn't get his if Todd didn't get his breakthrough and someone sent money in the in the in the post, you'd have to say that's what you have to do. Get money in the post. A miracle is a donut. Once you've eaten it, it's gone. But Jesus is the bakery. You get him, you get everything. If I get Curry Blake to heal me, I'm gonna donut. Perhaps i get sick again. I'm going get another donut. If I get Jesus, I get the whole bakery. The kingdom is the bakery. Everything you need for life and godliness is yours. Now every week, we pray, we lay hands and pray on people. And we're going to keep doing that because we love it. It was a command from Christ. But tonight, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to read some words about the finished work of God, the answered prayer to you and you receive them because the word will change you. The word never returns void. The word is sharpened with two-edged swords and divides between soul and spirit, bone and bone and discerns the hearts of men. It is powerful and active. The word will in you and change you. And angels are going to deliver it to you because they love to do the bidding of the voice of his word.